What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I am your host for this request episode today, Simon Vodianos, and we're back at it with four more seniors. We're trying to get through as many seniors as possible uh, before signing day, and if we don't, we'll continue to do the requests that we get in, at least for the seniors, and then eventually uh, middle schoolers, juniors, sophomores, freshmen, we'll get to y'all as well. But just remember, when you do request a player, make sure you drop uh, their name, the high school they go to, and what position they play. Just so that we get the right guy, you know, we do get some out-of-state requests, and so we don't want to mistake anybody for uh, somebody else who may be playing in Florida or whatever, so we just want to make sure we get the right guy, so just keep that in mind. So today, we we have an interesting episode, I would say. We're going to cover Damon Hill, the Cheyenne Mountain running back, uh, Patrick Diem, the Northridge running back. Kale Cormani, the athlete out of Rampart High School. He plays quarterback and safety. And then Javion Kendrick, the running back from Palmer High School. And so all of these schools I'm going to talk about, I personally have connections with um, all the ones in Colorado Springs. I played high school football in the Springs. You know, I went to Doherty my freshman year. And then I played for Liberty, I want to say, or I was with Liberty my junior year. So I kind of know the vibe here. And I have a lot of friends from around the city and around the Colorado Springs, Pikes Peak area that knows what's up and knows the culture of a lot of these programs and some standouts. And so that's kind of where I'm coming from there. And then over at Northridge High School up in Greeley, I have a couple uh, teacher friends up there who have given me some inside info and will continue to give me some inside info because there's another one that was requested from there but we'll talk about that another day without further ado let's uh, go ahead and jump into it so up next we got damon hill the cheyenne mountain running back so damon hill he is the 6'1 190 pound senior running back from cheyenne mountain i believe he was requested on our tiktok a couple times and so let's go ahead and uh, hop right into it and so Damon Hill here, He's a, he puts up stats for sure. That's never an issue. His junior year stats are really good, but his senior year stats stood out to me considering it was a shortened season. He ran for 778 rushing yards and had six touchdowns, and so that's always good to see that production there at least. He was also named the 4A Conference MVP, which cannot go unnoticed. And you know what? He was just an athlete. So in addition to running back, he did play some cornerback. And so there's some interesting film there that we'll talk about later. And um, so to talk on his athleticism, you know, he's just a all-around athletic kind of guy, right? He has a 30-inch vert. His acceleration, in my opinion, is very good. And he could get to his top-end speed very quickly. I like his footwork, too. He shows some very effortless and smooth cuts and quickness and he could be very technical and break down a guy that's what i love to see he has some very nice footwork there in addition i do think he's a high motor kind of player he could be difficult to bring down um when given the possibility or the opportunity you know he will put his head down and be very physical and with that he does have some great balance and so he does bounce off some hits and he's just someone that's tough to bring down you know he's somebody who runs hard and he's he's definitely a problem he also has some pretty you know good top end speed it, would i say it's the best in the state probably not but it's definitely good enough where if he gets into open field he'll gash teams for 30 40 yards and that's just a normal thing that he would do 
And so, with all that being said, he really did carry this offense for Cheyenne Mountain. Cheyenne Mountain, I would say, isn't exactly the best football school. I would say, at least from what I've heard, they're known more for wrestling, which is fine. Um, but, you know, they every now and then they have some good ball players, and in my opinion, I think Damon Hill is definitely one of those. So let's go ahead and talk about the areas of improvement for Damon Hill here, right? So, in my opinion, his top-end speed isn't the best. I already talked about that. He So this is the stat that he put down. But he runs a 4-7. I'm going to be honest, there are times where I don't know if he quite runs a 4-7 because he does get caught from behind quite a bit. And so, to me, that's a little concerning because it shows that maybe there's not a second gear or third or fourth gear in there, which I would really like to see. And so... If there is another gear in there, I'd like to really see Damon Hill try to, you know, get get that 40 time up for sure and really just work on that straight line speed. I love his acceleration, but straight line speed wise, I think that could be worked on and so he could be a little bit more explosive there and not leave as many plays on the table. And speaking of leaving plays on the table, I would personally like him to you know, work on his vision a little bit. It could be a little iffy at times. There are times where he hits some gaps that Sure, they're open, but are they the right gaps to hit and whatnot to get the most yardage? Honestly, no. And there are some plays that I kind of wish he was a little bit more patient and he saw it a little bit more better. So I would like to see him hit that study room and really, really, really study those blocking schemes and some of the patterns that open up on the defensive side of the ball as well. Because I do think there are some plays where, sure, he got a good chunk of 20 or 15 yards or whatever but he could have had maybe a 40 or 50 yard play and so you want to be a more efficient runner i'd like to see him do that because there are times he doesn't hit the correct gaps or honestly he doesn't really set up his block super well with his jukes even though he does have great jukes i think he can easily do better in that aspect of his game and you know you really use his blocks and make sure he gains those yardage i wouldn't say damon hill is the most efficient runner just based on what i've seen and so that is just a little bit of a problem is it the biggest problem no because you could fix that easily it's just you know it could definitely be improved and obviously like i said he has great production and it works but I think he could have had even more production if he was a little bit more patient. He did a little bit more work in the film room and really looked up those patterns there so that he doesn't leave plays on the field, right? Or big plays on the field. I also saw him catch a couple passes, which was good. You know, he, he had some good uh, plays with pass catching and whatnot. But I would like to see him run maybe a more variety of routes. Honestly, I think he does have maybe a frame more of a receiver. And so if he was the master route running and some of those receiving skills there, he could make it onto that next level. I won't say aware just yet, though. And then we did see some film as a DB. I'm just going to be honest. I wish there was more film because I feel like he's an interesting prospect there. You know, I think there are some tools there as an athlete that could translate better over as a corner or as a defensive player than it does at him as him at running back or receiver and that's just my personal opinion you know 61190 that's a d1 frame and i think a lot of teams would love a cornerback who could cover at 61190 and from what i could see i think there's potential there I just wish there was more film, and so that might be something that Damon Hill will have to work on um, getting film. And with that being said, let's go ahead and talk outlook here. 
I wouldn't call him a D1 FBS guy quite yet, but I could see him develop into a D1 FCS kind of guy. And what I mean by that is that right now, I don't know if he could snag a scholarship to an FCS just because with everything going on with COVID and all the shortages and whatnot, it's going to be hard. Do I think he could play on that level and eventually be successful? For sure. But I do think that takes some betting on, uh, specifically him betting on himself and probably having to walk on to a school like an FCS school and proving himself. And I think he can. There's just a lot of things right now that are very raw with Damon Hill, which would make me hesitate to give him a full ride because he does have great raw athleticism or good raw athleticism. But I guess there are some things that I would like to see be more refined, right? Like if you look at a Q Jones, his route, his, yeah, well, his route running and his running in general is just very efficient. It's refined. And, you know, obviously he's a fantastic athlete and I'm not going to compare Q Jones to Damon Hill. Cause I feel like those are two different kind of runners and whatnot, but I think Damon Hill, there are just things that he needs to work on that other running backs have down. And so that kind of makes it hard for him to get that offer. I do think he could easily succeed as a D2 guy, either at running back or corner, and then he's he could definitely snag any D through your NAIA offer. But, like I said, I do think he has some potential here, and personally, I think Juco might be the best route. I think if Damon Hill bets on himself and continues to be a dog in the weight room, in the classroom, on the field, and whatever, I think he'll get the offers and stuff that he feels like he deserves. And I do think he deserves some. It's just right now he's very raw and there's some things he will need to refine on that next level. Like I said, I kind of like the idea of him playing corner a little bit more. I liked what I saw on the film there. It'll just come down to him proving himself at the end of the day there. Uh, at the cornerback position. Because I think he could definitely excel at that a little bit better on that next level. So, yeah. That's Damon Hill. We wish him the best of luck. And all of that moving forward. Up next, we have Patrick Diem, the Northridge running back. All right, so right here we have Patrick Diem, the six foot, two hundred and twenty-five pound running back from Northridge High School. He was requested a couple of times on our TikTok, and so let's start off with the positives with Patrick Diem. Straight up, he's like a sledgehammer out there, you know. Uh, I would say his game's a little bit more comparable to Holden Morgan, although I would rank Holden Morgan, who, by the way, was our fourth best running back in the state. Make sure you check out that episode if you haven't yet. But anyways, I would rank Holden Morgan above him still, and I'll get to that in a minute here. But yeah, he's just a very powerful running back, and in my opinion, he's one of the few very, very solid power backs in the state of Colorado. So let's go ahead and hop into those positives here, right? So for his size, he moves pretty well. He has pretty fluid hips, and he's not a stiff runner, which is important as a running back. He shows he could be flexible at times, and so that's what I like to see. At his size, at six foot two twenty-five, and I have it confirmed that he is a legit six foot two twenty-five. You know, he flashes some good acceleration at times. You know, there are definitely flashes where he he looks explosive uh, coming off the ball and. And once he picks a direction to go, he's gone. And so that's what I like to see there. Also, 
because he is six foot two, twenty five, as one can imagine, he is a tough player to bring down. And honestly, if he's one on one, and there's one defender between him and the end zone, and they're in the red zone. He's going to win. You know, he's just a powerful running back. He'll blast through defenders, especially if it's one-on-one. And he's done it against gang tackling as well. He's just a tough guy to bring down. He's very strong. Another thing I really like about Patrick's game is that he has some pretty good hands. You know, he didn't catch a lot of balls. There just weren't a lot of opportunities for him to catch passes. But when he was able to catch passes, he did flash some very solid, reliable hands. Specifically, there's a very effortless one-hand catch off of a screen that I really liked. And so he could he's shown that he could make plays as a pass catcher. In addition, I do think he has potential to be a fantastic blocker or even a fantastic running back on the next level. There are flashes of great blocking where he's just straight lead blocking and he blows up whoever's in front of him and then works to that next level. That's what you'd like to see, some of that versatility there. And then I would say his vision's pretty solid. You know, he can be a very efficient runner. You could tell he reads his uh, blockers very well. And I feel like he does get the most out of most of his uh, run opportunities. So those are just a couple of the positives for Patrick Diem. Now let's get into areas of improvement here. Uh, let's start athletically, right? So top end speed wise, it's, it's not great. I'm just going to be honest. There are times where it looks solid. But near the end of some of those longer runs, like over 30 or 40 runs, it looks like he's running out of juice, which is not good because he doesn't look as explosive down the line. And other guys, they easily catch up to him and, and drag him down. And so top end speed is definitely a concern here. I don't know if it's just him getting tired or if it's just not there. I feel like he could still be going a little bit faster, but he just doesn't maintain the top end speed super well. And so stamina training, I would say, is a big thing that he would need to work on for sure. Just, um, you know, maintaining that top end speed. And then if he could do speed training and improve it, do it. I would say because there are definitely some plays where he gets into the open field, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's he's gone or that he's going to the house. So stamina training once again and top end speed training or speed training are things that I would like for him to work on to improve his game there. Other than that, strictly talking on the field. I would like to see him get a little bit more consistent with his blocking and make sure he's, you know, fundamentally sound there because he does show some really good blocking and I think he could continue to do that on that next level. But I like to see a little bit more consistency, you know, getting leverage, blowing up guys, um, making sure you ID the right guy to block, all that stuff. But I do think he can be an excellent blocker, both as a pass blocker and as a lead blocker. And so those are just some things that I'm going to nitpick there. And then here's here's the last thing that's the biggest concern. So when I did ask some of my contacts over at Northridge about Patrick Diem here, there are concerns about him off the field. I've been told he's not the greatest student, and to me, that's a red flag, because if I know, then colleges already know. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'd rather, if I was a college coach, that is, I'd rather a student-athlete be someone that doesn't stand out in a classroom than one that does negatively. And the negative 
that's that's a big that's a little bit of a problem because at college it's different academically and obviously athletically but if you can't get your stuff figured out academically then there is no athletic career and there's nothing to be shown on the field because you're not there and that's a problem because I do think he's a great talent you know for someone to move that quick at six foot two twenty five there's a spot for him somewhere either at running back or even fullback or tight end there's a spot for him somewhere but it is a problem if he's not on the field and he needs to work on those study habits and a bunch of other things right this is advice that goes to everyone but don't be a headache off the field I'm gonna be honest with you as, as I've been saying for a while now, actually, you know, roster spots are limited. Scholarships are limited. There are a lot of teams that, you know, they know who they want and they know what they want them to do on and off the field. But that off the field aspect is a very important. And if they're a headache off the field, then, you know, with scholarships being limited, they'll give it to someone who's not a headache off the field that could probably do the same thing you could do. So just keep that in mind. Uh, Patrick, if you're listening to this, I want what's best for you. Your teachers want what's best for you. We all think you're a great talent, you know. But, you know, if there are some uh, study habits or bad student things going on, it's, it may not be far off to assume that there might be some motivational problems there as an athlete as well and that's how college coaches will see that i know that because i know college coaches so get it fixed that's it with that being said let's go ahead and talk outlook here speed wise and this is a big thing speed wise and stamina wise i don't think he's a d1 guy not even fcs he could probably develop into that eventually but it would take some time i think he's much more of a d2 maybe d3 kind of guy just because you know at, at those levels that size isn't as common and for someone to move that fast it's not as common either obviously and so i think you can definitely snag a d2 full ride somewhere but you know there are other things that play a role in that as well and so in my opinion juco's never a bad option he could go there but he could probably walk onto a lot of d2s and d3s and eventually earn that full ride scholarship himself because he is a great talent i would say though that maybe he doesn't play running back i could definitely see him as a fullback tight end type of guy just because of the combination of speed and power there that a lot of teams love and those are guys that can be scholarship guys because they're key to a lot of offenses you know the key to a lot of offenses so that's really all i gotta say there patrick diem i think he's a great talent you know he's carried this northridge offense for a minute now I just think there are some things off the field that may be a little problematic that might lead to some other things, and I feel like that's how college coaches may see that. But if they are fixed, then I do think he's an easy a D2 star, and I'll, I'm good with saying that star for sure, whether he's playing running back or another position. So there you go. But up next, we're going to kind of switch gears here. Uh, and talk about Kale Cormani, who is a quarterback slash free safety. Kale Cormani, the athlete who plays quarterback and safety from Rampart High School. He is 6'3", 215, and he committed to Fort Hayes State not too long ago. So congratulations, Kale. Uh, first things first, apologize if I'm saying your last name wrong, but I'm going to continue to say that until I am corrected. So let's go ahead and jump into positives first. I think that would make the most sense for Kale here. So 
she put up a lot of stats as a quarterback rushing he rushed for over 800 yards and 10 touchdowns every year since his sophomore year of high school his sophomore year he actually had 14 rushing touchdowns and so that shows that he's a great great scrambler as a quarterback and you know when i looked at the film he really is a talent there for someone his size at 6'3 215 to be moving like that it's very reminiscent of kind of how josh allen runs as well and so there's a lot of talent there and he can most definitely move he has some good speed there for sure in addition, I feel like he has a very naturally strong arm. Uh, all mechanics aside, just arm power-wise, it's there. You know, he could push it downfield. He could run. And so athletically, he's just a very dangerous quarterback for both of those things. He, he's also a very, I think I mentioned this already, but he's a very explosive player just in general. His acceleration is insane. He gets to his top end speed so quickly, and once he does that, he's gone. He does have a 40 time listed here at a 4.65. I'm just going to be honest, I think he might even be faster than that. In addition, he does have very quick feet, and he can make a lot of very quick and precise cuts in open space. He's dangerous 101 to juke somebody out. And so, honestly, he's just speed at 6.3215, whether it's acceleration, top end speed, agility, whatever, he's getting after it. He's definitely someone who is electrifying on the football field whether it's on offense or defense so so there you go as a defensive player i would say he does have very solid ball skills and you know being at 6'3 215 and being able to move as well as he can with excellent speed and size you know he could blanket a field you know he could easily blanket a field uh take care of that backside of a defense and erase a lot of mistakes he does have great hands to go with that as well he reads plays relatively well and you know he he knows where to be and how to stop plays as a defensive player in my opinion he has a lot of potential to be a star on the d2 level on either side of the ball to be honest he's probably a d1 kind of talent but let's talk about errors of improvement here. So despite having a rocket arm, his senior year, he only threw for 396 yards and five touchdowns. To put that in perspective, Leslie Richardson threw for more than that in one game in his last game of the season. Granted, it was a record-setting game, but still, though. In, in a couple, even, it was a shortened season too, so I get that, but 396 yards, 5 touchdowns, that's just not great as a quarterback. And I'm going to defend him here just a little bit before I move on, because the way Rampart used him was much more as a runner, and so he'd run the ball a lot and pass it very, very minimally. In my opinion, that was the wrong way to use Kale Cormani. It probably would have worked the first two years, but I think to really get the most out of him, I really would have loved to see them allow him to throw the ball more. And so that brings up a couple more questions here. I really don't have a great idea of what his arm talent is like. I know he could sling it. I know he has a powerful arm. But I don't know if he could throw accurate throws. I don't know if he could throw more complicated routes. I don't know if he could read defenses. And so all of those unknowns, it definitely makes me a little bit nervous if I was a college scout. Because, you know, for all I know, he could be 
a powerful thrower, like have a powerful arm, but he's not accurate at all. Or he could have a great arm talent, but he can't read defenses as a throwing quarterback. And to me, those unknowns kind of push me to believe that he's more of a D2 guy than a D1 guy because he's just so raw there. So as a quarterback, it'll take time for him to develop, you know, whether he's D2 or D1, it would take time for him to develop. And I'm going to be honest, he it's not his fault that he wasn't developed as good as he could be or that the offense didn't change around him for the three or four years he was at Rampart. That's not his fault at all. I just wish as a scout that he got to throw the ball more. And you know what? If he can, then cool. But, you know, during a COVID era, it is hard to get private workouts and see that for myself. And, you know, put him through the ringer a little bit there. And so those are definitely areas of concern that Kale might not be able to handle. But, you know, he probably knows how good of a thrower he is. And if he knows he needs to improve it, then I would say improve it to the highest degree. Do film work. You know, work on those mechanics, get all that stuff down. And so there you go. Those errors of improvement or negatives aren't really Kale's fault. I just don't know. And so that, it, honestly, in a lot of situations, is just as bad as him being a bad thrower. Alright, so let's, let's talk about him at safety. So, at safety, I actually liked him a lot. I don't know how Fort Hayes will use him. Personally, I like the potential more on the offensive side of the ball, but I think if he was to play defense, he could develop into a star as well, honestly. I think some of the things that I would like to see more from him, though, or uh, would like to see him work on is uh, just working on his man coverage. I didn't see him work on man a lot, so he should work on getting those hips fluid, you know, going from back pedal and then uh, straight line speed, all that great stuff. You know, all the all the technical stuff there. And so um, I would like to see that be improved, especially his backpedal, because it did look a little clunky at times. It could definitely be cleaned up, be a little bit more consistent. So honestly, that's pretty much it. I mean, look, he has a lot of potential and I feel like it could be cultivated and it won't take a long time and he could be a great great talent on that next level he was fantastic in high school he was electrifying you know he was one of the best in the colorado springs area i just don't think he was developed as well as he could have been if he was going to a different school and so with covid being a thing and then all this other stuff that has went on it makes sense why he signed with fort hayes state i think he's going to be excellent over there he's going to do his thing and you know what best of luck to kale uh, we're going to be watching for sure, and we'd love to have you on the show sometime. Up next, we're going to talk about our last player here, and it's Javion Kendrick. Welcome back. We have our last player here, and that is Javion Kendrick, the six foot, 190-pound running back from Palmer High School in Colorado Springs. First things first, go Spartans. Like I said, I went to Doherty's, so there you go. But I do know some people who went to Palmer High School as well. So shout out to those uh, friends and uh, buddies of mine. But let's go ahead and talk. Uh, let's start with areas of improvement slash negatives, actually. So look, uh, first things first. I know Palmer High School. I know their football program. I know people who have been in there. I know a lot of athletes who have been through there. And I know for a fact that they don't have a great football program. In fact, there's probably a case for them to be one of the worst 
football programs. Um, they have been making some improvements. I'm going to be honest. They've made some improvements the last couple years, and they've competed, and they've shown a little bit more, I guess, of a competitive edge football-wise in recent years, but don't get it twisted. They're still... They're just not the best, right? And that kind of leads me into my next thing here. They do play in the newly formed I-25 League. This is made up of teams like Widefield, Cheyenne Mountain, Liberty High School. Like I said, I know most of these schools. And, you know, from what I've heard talking to other coaches and talking to former players who have played for those schools, this league might be one of the weaker leagues in the state of Colorado. It's definitely not the Centennial League. But the hope is, with this league, the hope is that... You know, playing each other will eventually cultivate some talent that could compete uh, with some of the other schools in the state. And, you know, playing against likewise competition will give them some confidence and, you know, improve some of those programs and make it more competitive. That's the hope. And so with all that being said, Javion Kendrick had the opportunity to play in this league. And he did great against it. At least the senior year, he did great against it. But, you know, this was the first... I'm pretty sure this was the first official year of the I-25 League. And so, I don't mean to discredit, you know, all the work he put in, but some of the stats he put in, you'll have to keep in mind the situation that was going on at the time and how good some of these teams are. His best competition was probably Cheyenne Mountain. And to be honest, you could probably make the same argument when talking about Damon Hill from Cheyenne Mountain. So, there you go. Level of competition is definitely a little bit of an area of concern. Uh, in addition, I do think, you know, he doesn't use his blocks as well as he could or trust his blockers. And I get it, you know, like I said, I know Palmer's football program pretty well. It's hard to trust your blocks. You know, there are a lot of times he just kicks it outside or he tries to do a little bit too much that won't fly on the next level. This isn't necessarily a knock on him, nor was the last one really. It's just a situation he is in. But, you know, not using your blocks well or not trusting your blockers, this is definitely a little bit of a concerning habit. And so on that next level, whatever team or squad he goes to, which I do believe he can be a next level player for sure, this is a habit that he will have to break, you know, bouncing outside. He needs to get disciplined running in between the tackles and, you know, trusting his blockers and doing what, what the play requires you to do, honestly. And so he could become much more efficient there. Another thing, and I think this one more has to do with him that he could actually improve. He is listed at 190. I just don't think he is 190. I think he's a little, a little lanky there. And so I would really like for him to put on weight and muscle. That'll do him a lot of good just because in addition to that, I just don't see him making a lot of contact with a bunch of players. There are times where you could see him avoiding contact and, you know, lower that shoulder, man. I feel like he has a good enough frame. He has a D1 frame, but he just doesn't use it as well as he could so that's something that i like to see him work on just putting on weight and then also talk while we're on the same page you're talking about uh play wise i'd like to see him run a little bit lower just because he could run up right at times and so if he could get lower put on some weight he could most definitely be a much better running back and so those are some improvements that i'd like to see out of out of javion but Let's go ahead and talk some positives here. So senior year stats, 
Uh, here it is, 517 yards and five touchdowns in five games. That's a very solid production. I think his best year was probably last year's junior year where he had more opportunities, where he ran for 582 rushing yards, five touchdowns. He also caught for 496 receiving yards, four touchdowns, and had 33 receptions on the year. That's awesome production. I don't think there are a lot of running backs or really any running backs in the state that has that same receiving rushing production. Um, those 33 receptions are a big deal. And the fact that he did it on a team that wasn't as great and that hasn't been as great says a lot. And I feel like this could definitely be a diamond in the rough kind of situation here. In addition, he is a very effortless and smooth runner. If he hits open field, he is gone, you know, and he has top end speed. His running form is just very, very nice. And that's probably because he's a great track athlete and he may be able to snag a track scholarship somewhere. I looked up his times for track and, you know, his best one was when he ran the 100 meter and he clocked in 11.33 seconds, which is extremely fast. That is definitely 4.5 uh, to 4.6 type of speed. And so that's something that, you know, you honestly can't always teach speed. And on the football field, that's important to have. Like I was saying, he does make a lot happen despite not having the best talent around him. There are multiple plays where he did make something out of nothing. And, you know, that's just pure talent being showed off when you're doing something like that. Going back to what I was saying earlier, he is a good pass catcher, you know. The film matches the stats. He's very solid there, and so you could definitely use him as a receiver. I also think he has some wiggle to him, you know. He could be deceptively elusive at times. He makes some very good cuts while at the top end speed. That could turn around some guys for sure. And then, like I said, he has D1 uh, frame, height-wise at least, at 6 foot. And he has solid balance. There are a couple times there where, you know, he just showed off very good balance, bouncing off tackles and just, um, you know, fighting to get into the end zone. So let's talk about Javion Kendrick's uh, outlook here. So here's what I think. I think he's a good talent and there's a lot of good natural speed and athleticism there. You know, he's shown that he could produce in the right situation or even in the wrong situation because he wasn't in the right situation and he could definitely put up numbers. And those numbers are backed up by good football film. I just don't think he was in the greatest situation here, and he kind of comes off as that raw but uber-athletic, super-talented player with a lot of potential. In my honest opinion, if Javion Kendrick was playing for more of a contender, say like a Palmer Ridge or a Pine Creek or a, even a Vista Ridge, one of those schools, he would definitely be much more recruited. And uh, as of right now, if y'all didn't know, he's uncommitted. So there you go. And he would have probably put up way more stats. But he didn't. He went to Palmer High School, which I respect, and he did his thing there. And so with that being said... I feel like there's just not a lot of, there's just not enough of great film, I should say. There's not enough of great film here for me to, or as a scout, or if, if I was a college, to offer this kid, right? And that sucks. That's a little unfair. I'm going to be honest. That's a little unfair. But that's just where I'm coming from, you know. There are some things here that 
I'm just not sure about, you know, I'm not sure about the talent he's going up against and all that. And, you know, there are some bad habits who have to break for sure. And I do wonder if he could fit into a system without being somebody who is the do-it-all guy who gets a lot of touches. So my suggestion slash advice that I would give JV on Kendrick here is to go Juco. Honestly, just go Juco because I don't think a lot of schools will offer him for football. They might do it for track. I could see that happening before football, but I just don't see a lot of schools wanting to pull that trigger right now just because of the limited roster spots and scholarships and all of that stuff. And, you know, the situation he is in is just a little unfortunate. And so I would like for him to go to Juco, bet on himself, prove himself, and, you know, uh, prove that he could do these same things, but on a higher level, you know, and continue to improve and eventually earn an opportunity or a spot at a D2 or potentially a D1. I think he's probably a D2 player. I could definitely see him being a very good player on the D2 level. D1 is kind of a stretch. He could probably be a rotational guy there for sure. But uh, with the amount of things he needs to work on and some of the things he needs to prove, I think he's most definitely a D2 player, which isn't bad because you could still get a good scholarship, get a good education, you know, have some fun on that next level for sure. So there you go. But with all that being said, that'll wrap up this episode of the Playmakers Corner podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, our TikTok as well. You know, if you have any requests, feel free to send us a message, DM us, email us, all that great stuff. Make sure to include the position and the school that player is from. And we'll try to get to as many of them as possible. But y'all have a good one. We will catch y'all later.